Hear the word of the Lord, spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on your ancestral house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord. Two things I love more than a lot of things. Two of my favorite things are Star Wars and Christmas. So what's really awesome about today is I'm going to talk a little bit about both those, mostly Christmas, but Star Wars is in this. I want to take you back to the days of early 2000s, maybe late 1990s, right after the movie Phantom Menace came out. Not everyone loves that one, but that's okay. Okay, so when I was a kid, I thought the coolest thing ever were pod racers. This was in the Phantom Menace. They look like these two big jet turbine engines, and then there's just this little carriage that propels one small individual very, very fast. It sounded like race cars. I thought it was awesome. Um, so, as I, so as I fell in love with these new machines that were introduced in the Phantom Menace, so did my friends. And my friends got these toys, these toy pod racers, and I thought they were the coolest thing ever. I didn't have one at first. I, I had to wait because it was something I asked for from Santa. So this whole time my friends are playing with these toy pod racers and I feel sort of left out, you know? I feel like I, I didn't feel like I was complete without that toy pod racer. And I sort of knew that there was a chance I'd be getting one, so I was sort of expecting it, but I wasn't 100% sure. But then I uncovered a box and my parents had this shower that was sort of broken down and so we apparently used that just to store all of our Christmas presents. And I thought that was a genius idea until I discovered that. And so I went in there and found a Star Wars box. I saw the logo, you know, like the really iconic Star Than Wars logo. I was like, no way, this can't be it. I sort of looked a little bit further, it wasn't wrapped yet, and it was the pod racer that I'd been waiting for. I was so stoked. Like, I didn't even, I couldn't even fathom how different my life was going to be since I now had this toy that everyone else had, because I felt lame because everyone else was playing like that, playing with that. And so what stunk was, I found this in probably right around October. I'm not going to say I know the exact time. It felt like it was almost a year before Christmas. I know it was right around Christmas. So now I knew for sure that this pod racer was coming, and it was going to change my life. Everything was going to be better once I got this pod racer. But now I had to wait, and the wait felt even longer because I knew that it was coming. I was desperately waiting for it. I was 
literally counting down the days. And I was still playing with my friends when they had their pod racers. So this expectancy just kept growing in me and growing in me. And I didn't think I was going to make it. But luckily, Christmas came. And with Christmas meant a pod racer. So I open up this present, I open up the pod racer, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a person again. I'm full, I'm complete. I'm just like all the other kids. I got everything that they have. So I called up my really good friend, Jack, or I didn't call him up, or we ran into each other. It probably would have been around preschool time, so I didn't probably call him up. But, uh, but anyway, we both had these pod racers, and we both played with them. He eventually broke mine, but that's okay. So, anyway, eventually, that pod racer sort of got old. You know, it was broken eventually because Jack. And after, after it was broken, it didn't really even seem to be that great. So next year, it was the next gift. And then the year after that, it was another gift. And then the year after that, it was another gift. There was always something new that I was expecting. Eventually, it stopped being toys. And it started to be more grown-up things. I was expecting a relationship I was expecting a car. I was expecting a job. I was expecting a college education. And until I got each of these things, I didn't feel like I was complete. The issue was, I wasn't expecting the right thing. All this that I tried to fill this thing with, Anything that wasn't Jesus didn't satisfy it. So I really relate to the prophet, of Isaiah, prophet Isaiah and the people of his time and the people throughout all the, Israel, <clears throat> all the people of Israel. This idea of waiting for a Messiah that's going to fix everything, waiting for someone that's going to solve all of your problems and just being on the edge of that waiting and you think it's getting ready to come and you know it's coming, you opened the shower curtain. You have these prophets telling you that Jesus is coming. And all that time, their oppression started growing more and more. The Jewish people were suffering more and more. And I bet they were just dying to have that Messiah that was promised to them. I relate to the Jewish people in that. This expectancy of Christ this attitude of not being complete until we know the Messiah. I understand. Because I had that same expectancy in my life. Hear the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. All right, so you guys just heard the Christmas story read by the lovely Al Garish. Thank you, Al. Um, For a lot of you, you guys have probably heard that thousands and thousands of times. Every Christmas Eve, maybe you read it with your family or you go to a Christmas Eve service and it's read there. Or Maybe you're like me and every time I hear it, I think of a Charlie Brown Christmas when Linus brings the word in his cute little lisp and that's just what I think of every single time and it's just, it's become, <laughs> yes, that was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, man, if I could mimic Linus, I would, but I'm not going to do that to myself. So, We hear it all the time. We probably know it by heart. And because of that, it's lost a lot of its meaning. We forget what's really happening here. So I I challenge you right now to just step with me and step into the meaning of this passage and realize that right here, right in this moment, the the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. The thing the Israelites had been waiting for for hundreds of years happened. Jesus, God in the flesh, was put on earth to save the people. How exciting is that? We've lost so much excitement in this, but this is awesome. This is our promise from God and it's fulfilled. What are you excited about? What season of life are you in right now? For a lot of us, if not all of us in this room, we're in college, so we're in a transition of life. We're transitioning away from childhood and into adulthood. Some of us excited about that, some of us not so much. But it's this transition. We're transitioning away from the leadership of our parents and into taking the lead ourselves. There's this philosophy out there um, called liminal space. And it's this area between the person you were and the person you're going to be. It's stepping away from the person you were in the past, taking those things into account, and stepping into the person you're going to become. It's kind of funny because that's what Advent season's all about. The season of Advent is this period of waiting and preparing your hearts in anticipation of what's to come. Advent ends with Jesus' birth. We're in a season of looking ahead and preparing to become more of the person that Jesus wants us to be or God created us to be. We're stepping out of the faith of our parents and stepping into our own faith. This is our time. This is our time to choose this thing, this person called Jesus, for ourselves. It's not about what the faith of your parents looks like or the faith of your friends or your pastor or your profs or your mentor. This is about you. This is about you and Jesus. Now take that step. Take that step into what this faith is going to look like. It's time to turn the corner. Don't worry about what it's been in the past. Take those things. Take those things that have influenced you in life. I don't want to say those are bad things because that's good. That's been foundational in who you are today, but now it's time to turn the corner. It's time to turn the corner and discover who Jesus is for yourself. There's a story in Mark chapter 8 where Jesus is talking to the disciples. And he asks them, who do people say that I am? And they answer him and they say, oh, well, they say you're John the Baptist or you're Elijah. You're just some other prophet. 
And he looks at them and he says, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? Who is he to you? Don't look at what Jesus has done to your friends. That's awesome. We celebrate with each other. We celebrate with the body of Christ. But what is Jesus doing in you? Peter answers Jesus' question and he says, you're the Messiah. And that's true. That was true then and that's true now. Jesus came for us. He's my Messiah. He is your Messiah. He is all of our Savior. He wants to get to know you because he came for you. He wants that. He wants to love you. He wants to embrace you. Imagine if we had the same excitement Dylan had about getting a pod racer for himself, about getting Jesus for ourselves. Dylan wasn't satisfied playing with his friend's pod racer. He wanted one for himself. Don't be satisfied just riding the ride with someone else and be like, oh, that's awesome. Like, Jesus did that in your life. That's so cool. Ride the ride yourself because Jesus wants to work in your life. He wants to work in your friend's life. He wants to work in your parents' life. But he wants to work in your life. He wants to sit with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to spend time with you. So many of us are holding back from that because we've allowed this symbolic curtain or veil to come up of strongholds of saying to yourself, oh, I don't need Jesus. I don't need that. Or um, maybe you say to yourself, Jesus doesn't want me. I don't deserve Jesus. I have too much shame. I have too much guilt. Or you should say, I don't, want, I don't want to do that. I'm too guilty. That's not true. I want to say that right now. That is a lie, and it's not true. That veil is not real anymore because the second Jesus died on the cross, this is also in Scripture, another thing I'm sure you guys have heard time and time again, but try to just take this in with me. The second Jesus died, the veil that was put up in the temple to separate people from the Holy of Holies was ripped in half and it was torn and it fell to the ground so that we could have nothing separating us from God anymore. That's the purpose that Jesus fulfilled. He came for you so that you could be in relationship with him. He was born. He was put on earth in the flesh. He sacrificed himself and he rose again so that there would be nothing separating us from him anymore. He wants this for you. And I want to challenge you this Christmas season to get excited about Jesus. Because why not? Jesus wants to sit with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to speak with you personally. Don't put Jesus in a box anymore. Allow this moment of Jesus' birth to satisfy you. Like Dylan talked about. The satisfaction is here. You just have to step through, step beyond those strongholds, and into Jesus' open arms. Because he's waiting. He's waiting for you right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just praise you so much for this morning and um, bringing us back from the break. And we have two and a half weeks left, God. I just pray for motivation. But God, right now, we just praise you for bringing your son, Jesus, to earth for us. And I just pray that in this season, we have an overwhelming sense of who Jesus is in our own hearts. And that we just get to this place where we can sit with you and be in relationship with you. Because God, that's what you want. You want every heart in this room. Thank you for that. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for being relational and spending time with us, Jesus. Be with us the rest of this day as we go out, and be with us the rest of these next few weeks. In your name, amen. You guys are dismissed.